Welcome to So Here's the Thing, where we share candid conversations that lift the veil on what it takes to find success, even if that means sharing a few unpopular opinions. I'm your host, Leili Amati. Grab some coffee or a cocktail, and let's get real. Today on the show, we have Natalie Frank, who is just an incredible human being. If you haven't heard of her yet, I don't know what's wrong with you, but she is one of the founders of the Rising Tide Society. She's the head of community at HoneyBook, which is actually the CRM that I use for all of my client management. She leads tens of thousands of creatives and small business owners in fostering spirit of community over competition all around the world. She is a huge advocate of the abundance mindset over the scarcity mindset, which we've talked about on the show before. And what I really love about Natalie is that in an industry where we typically tend to create cliques and small groups that we don't really kind of venture out of, she's consistently working toward bettering the community while building new relationships and building new tables. And that's what I want to dig into today is that idea and philosophy behind if there's not a seat at the table for you, if you're not being invited to sit at the table, build a new one. Because I really believe that she is the perfect example of somebody who has done that repeatedly and done that for other people. And so I'm just going to kind of turn it over to Natalie, let her tell us a little bit about herself and kind of see where that came from within her. Because I think it's really fascinating to see all of the amazing things that she's created in this way. So tell us a little about yourself, Nat. Lele, that was an awesome intro. I'm not sure I can live up to how cool you made me sound. So if you're listening to this, fair warning, I am super nerdy. Lele and I go way back, and I have a feeling this conversation could take a crazy turn at any time. But just to kind of start at the beginning here with a little bit about me, I'll give you the quick version. If you guys want to learn more, you know you can always do that on the interweb. So we ain't going to waste your time by talking about things that aren't relevant right now to how you can do this. You can build your table. You can build your community. Um, But I am a photographer by trade. I picked up a camera when I was in high school. I used photography to pay my way through college. When I graduated from college, I had the choice that a lot of people have, you know, go out and find a job or see if I can make this business work. And I took the choice of entrepreneurship. I scaled uh, my wedding photography business to six figures, ran that for eight years. And then sort of towards the end of what I call my full-time wedding photographer season of life, I realized something really critical that was happening to me personally. And if you're listening to this, I want you to think about if this is something that maybe has happened to you or if you've ever felt this way. I was up late one night working on my computer. I hadn't talked to any other adults <laughs> the entire day. My life looked a lot like wake up, get in front of the computer, work, edit, answer emails, deal with clients, stay on that computer until the end of the day, go to sleep and repeat. And this cycle of isolation and this loneliness just really crept in. Um, It really, really crept in. And I looked at the outside world. I looked at other creatives on social media and I felt like they all had their tables, right? They all had groups where they were hanging out or where they were getting together. But these groups were very clicky. They were small. They had been friends for what felt like forever. And I felt like, you know, I did in elementary school. I felt like the nerdy girl looking in on the cool kids. And it's not a good feeling, is it, when you feel like you don't belong or you feel like you're not included or you don't see yourself represented or you're not sitting at a table that maybe you want to sit at. 
And I don't think it's intentional for a lot of people. I don't think these clicks are, are done intentionally. People like to hang out with their friends, right? And, and friend groups tend to form naturally. But for me, I felt incredibly alone. I felt alone because I didn't have interactions with other creatives. I felt alone because of my own psychological background growing up, being the nerdy kid, being, you know, the girl who really preferred to read um, the dog breed encyclopedia growing up instead of watching Power Rangers. Like that's an actual example of me as a child. So you can start to get what I'm talking about here with the nerdiness. It's not a brand. The most amazing thing I've ever heard. It's legitimately who I am. Like I can tell you the difference between an Irish wolfhound and, you know, like any other large dog breed that you might mistake (laughs) for one. So rewinding here, I'm the full-time wedding photographer who my job is to look like I've got it all together on the outside and I'm crumbling on the inside. And so along with friends in my hometown, we launched what is now today known as the Rising Tide Society. And it's a community of creative entrepreneurs that believe wholeheartedly in this mantra of community over competition. The idea that we can compete, but we can do it in a way that empowers the entire community. That when a tide rises, all boats rise with it. And that means when we gather together in community with other entrepreneurs and we share ideas and we support each other, we're actually building the entire ecosystem in our local area. And I've seen it happen in Annapolis. I've seen it happen in cities now all around the world. And that is the greatest honor, truthfully, of my life as a community builder. So that's a little background about me. Photographer turned community builder partially by accident, but ultimately I think with with a lot of purpose. And, you know, it all started by not being invited to the table and by feeling like, you know what, if I am going to do this for the rest of my life, if I'm going to be an entrepreneur until the end of my days, then I need to find a way to do this in a fulfilling way where when I get up, I'm not isolated from others, where I have community, where I have people like Laylee that I can text when stuff's going wrong, when clients get upset, when I don't know what to say, when there's conflict, when there's hardship, when I need to be checked a little bit and I need somebody to call me out. You need those friends. You really do. And if you don't have that table, do not feel discouraged. Do not feel bad for yourself. I am inviting you right now to either step up and join mine. I mean, you can sit with us, right, Laylee? Like, truthfully, I don't care who's listening. You can sit with us. Absolutely. But you also can be the leader of your own community. You can build your own table. You can create your own mastermind group. You can step forward and design the, the future that you want for your business and, and the health of your business. And I'm not talking just about the financial health. Right now, we're talking about the psychological health, your well-being, how you feel when you wake up every day, and if you feel supported. And I think for a lot of entrepreneurs, they might have successful financial health, right? Their business might be thriving monetarily. And that was my case. I was doing almost a quarter of a million dollars in revenue that year in my photography business. Shot almost 40 weddings. I was overbooked you know, and I, and I didn't have any issues with, with the monetary aspects of running a business. That was never my problem. My problem was being isolated and being so afraid of what the competitors were going to do. Or again, like looking in at the cool kids table. And honestly, at that point in time, feeling like I didn't have a seat at it. Now, the irony is that once you build your own table, people will look at you and say, oh, she's the cool kid now. And they might not remember that you once were looking from the outside in. And so Rising Tide's really working to change that. We've, we've tried really hard with initiatives like 20 on the Rise by raising up new voices. And I always try to make new relationships, not hang out with the same five people over and over again. Stepping outside of my comfort zone to really listen to others, to listen what they're going through, whether that's in business or in life. And it isn't always comfortable and I'm not always good at it. I make a ton of mistakes in the process of building community. But 
I really do believe that for all of us, when we set out to build a table, we have to do so with integrity. And that means understanding that all of us are human and all of us are imperfect. But as long as we are stepping forward with integrity and doing it in a way that is honest and truthful and with the best intentions in community, really magical things can happen. And so, yeah, that's a little bit of my story with a small ramble. I love that. I really appreciate you sharing your story. And as somebody who's been observing you for so long, because we do go way back, you know, as friends, I've had, I've done mentoring with you. We've just, our relationship has grown and evolved a lot. And so from somebody who's been observant, I will say that you do a really extraordinary job of fulfilling all the things that you just talked about, which I think is very rare. One of the tenets of this podcast is being very upfront and honest and not really beating around the bush. We talk Mm -hmm. about unpopular opinions. We talk about things that just typically don't get talked about. And I just want to say that the majority of people who talk about what you talk about do not practice it in their everyday lives. And I really appreciate the fact that you do as somebody who you did invite to your table who knew no one. I met you at a time where you were kind of up on the rise and I didn't know a soul. I actually don't think I even appreciated how, I mean, how big of a deal it was that you were inviting me to your table at that time. I just was thankful that somebody was talking to me. So from that perspective of, you know, what was that like five years ago? It is really life, it can be life-changing to people out there. So if, if, you're listening and you feel either like you are excluded or that you want to include more people, just know the impact of that is extraordinary. Can I share how we really bonded too? Like at United? I would love that. So I want to bring this up because Lily said, you know, we keep it real. And we, I mean, we had known each other and we went to a conference the same night that the election happened. I'm going there. Mm -hmm. And the day after was really rough on a lot of us. I will never forget us sitting together as creatives at a conference to learn about business and simply opening a door by asking Laylee the question of how do you really feel about what's going on? And something just happened. There was some sort of wall tearing down emotional tear jerking moment where we sat and we talked and really truthfully, I think I just shut up and listened and my mind was rocked and my mind was changed by Laylee just sharing her her truth. And we don't have to go into what it is. And we don't have to talk particularly about the political side of things because that's not, this really isn't the place. But my point being here that true community and true relationships often take place in unexpected moments and they spark from oftentimes very difficult situations. We look at Instagram and we look at joy and happiness and people hanging out in community with their lattes and their, you know, shy tea and rocking their cool outfits and some hipster joint. The truth here is though, our community between Laylee and myself and many other women that were sitting down around that rock, it was like a giant rock (laughs) at that conference, many who are industry leaders, especially today, many women that you might actually be following right now on Instagram, is we had a really honest conversation between a group of people who didn't vote the same on the ballot. And we had a conversation between a lot of different people who were feeling differently about the outcome of an election. And it was the first time for me that I witnessed not divisiveness in that, in that conversation, but a lot of heart and a lot of empathy and a lot of emotion. And I bring this up because I've seen the power of community to transform hearts and minds and 
it doesn't have to be what we see on the internet, the divisiveness, the judging, the hatred, the anger. I believe in walking the walk. I really truthfully do. And Lily, I appreciate you saying that I do it because I try and it's not always easy. But I also believe that we need this community now more than ever, whether it's from an entrepreneurial standpoint, whether it's women supporting other women, whatever it looks like, you know, for you in particular, if you're listening to this, I just want to encourage you to not be afraid to have those conversations and just to listen, to ask somebody, how does that make you feel? Or what are you really struggling with? Or, you know, what are you afraid of right now in your business? And listen and find a way through empathy, even if you come from different backgrounds, even if you don't agree with what somebody is saying, not to jump in with your opinion right away and to you know, share why you are right, but instead to keep your ears open and to try to form a bond through empathy and through human connection and respect what somebody has to say. Because you know, I was asked recently um, by somebody about having a baby and you know, mom groups and you know, how they get so divisive and angry and vicious. And, you know, I said, ah, I have a lot of experience with this. And they're like, what do you mean? You have one baby. How could you possibly have a lot of experience with this? And I said, for about a decade, I wasn't able to have a baby. And my business was my baby. And there is, you know, such a similarity between the way we approach our businesses and how we hold it close to the chest at times. And we are so fearful of anything happening to it and exactly how we feel about, about our, our child, our biological child. Now I get that there are differences. My business doesn't often wake me up at two in the morning, although there was the occasional client that might do that. <laughs> but you know, truthfully, I think that whether it's business, it's life, it's something you care about with social justice, it's something you care about with family, you can find community and you can find good community, but it's not going to be good unless it is honest, it has integrity, and the people, especially the leaders, are willing to be vulnerable. I think that is really, really important. So as you build your table and you think about, okay, who are the five people you want to influence you in your business? You want to speak truth to you. You want to give you honest critique and feedback. Make sure that they, are in, they have integrity and are honest, right? And make sure that they're willing to also be vulnerable. Because I think without it, we can be too afraid and we can operate from that mindset of scarcity. I don't want to share my secrets because you might steal them. Or in the mom group case, you know, I don't want to tell you that this is what I do for my child because you might judge me and you might call me out. It's the same with business. It doesn't matter what community it is. We're often afraid to be judged. We're afraid to be the nerdy kid looking in on the cool kids. But in true community, in good community, we're willing to be vulnerable. And the leaders and you, whoever's listening to this, as a leader who might go out and build your own table, build your own community, you need to remember that as well. Because right now you might be like I felt five years ago, the nerdy girl looking in. But as you build that table, there will be other people looking in on your table. And I want you to make sure that as you build it, you surround yourself with the right people and that you are willing to be vulnerable and you're willing to admit when you don't have the answers or when your opinion changes on something, because that happens a lot too, as you've listened to others and you listen to what they're going through or what they're um, experiencing. Mm -hmm. So that's a little bit of how we met. And then ultimately, I think some learnings that came out of that. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I appreciate you sharing that. I, I really don't ever talk about how we met to very many people, but I, I think it's a really, a really strong testimony to how important it is to be vulnerable because up until that point, I did find it very difficult to kind of engage in actual 
real meaningful conversations with people within the creative industry because I was so concerned with fitting in or blending in or not rocking the boat. And like you said, having really open and honest conversations with people who have different opinions. I mean, it's, it's not something to fear. I think it's something to really lean toward. I know there's a Brené Brown quote, I know that you're a fan as well, but when she says people are hard to hate close up, move in, you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> I knew you would, I knew you loved that one. Okay. I want that tattooed on me somewhere because it is exactly what we said when we launched Tuesdays Together and Rising Tide Society. I said, it's so easy to compare yourself to that girl on Instagram and to dislike her for quote unquote, all the things she has. And it's so easy in a business to look at your competitors and just feel so small and feel like they have it all together and you don't. But the minute you sit down at a table side by side, and that's what we do with Tuesdays Together, the minute you sit down across from each other and you lean in, everything changes everything changes. Those differences that seem so vast or those comparison points or that ability to put someone else on a pedestal, it crumbles when you understand that we are all human. Absolutely. I 100% agree with this because I live it out every day. I mean, I, I know we're talking right now about building a new table and inviting new people in, but we keep circling back to Rising Tide because obviously with that being your, basically, I mean, that that is your one of your children. And with it having just impacted my life so strongly, and I see the impact kind of trickling down from it. I wonder like how many, how many more amazing communities could be built if more people had the ability to just move in and open up and engage one another in in person. And even if you are only online, like, I mean, do you have advice for people who are like, well, I can't really get to a face-to-face situation just yet. How would you, how would you advise them to kind of start their own table within like the internet community? Because I think that is where a lot of our creative entrepreneurs live right now. Yes. So we, we should clarify here too. When we say build a table or sit across from someone at a table, that table could be physical, that table could be virtual, right? I think it's easy to hear me and hear table and think, well, I can't physically get there. I have a disability or I can't physically get there. I have a newborn baby. I can't get there because I have a crazy schedule. It doesn't matter what the reason is that you can't get there in person. You can still experience this online. The internet has changed everything. So it's as easy, I believe, as getting on a Google Hangout, getting face-to-face using a screen. You know, you can do it on your phone. You can do it on your laptop. But creating either a weekly coffee date where you get your coffee and you're Google Hangouting with somebody else who has their coffee. You don't have to physically be together. You can do it virtually. You could create an online mastermind group where you gather a group together of like-minded individuals with similar goals. And you know you build that table by gathering a set period of time to talk about business or to go through your goals or to hold each other accountable. And there's so much magic that can come out of that. And you know, it it all starts, I think, by one person raising their hand and saying, I want to do this. Who's with me? And finding other individuals that would want to come on that journey with you and bringing them along. And so it could be, again, two prime examples here. The coffee date, that's easy. Could be once a week, could be once a month. It could be whatever you need it to be, but that's virtual because you can just do it over Google Hangout. But if you live close, you know, never hurts to get out of the house and get a real cup of coffee. Just both options are always on the table. 
We're using a lot of table puns today. And, and then the mastermind, you know, you could do a virtual mastermind. You could do one that meets occasionally in person. You know, there's a lot of different ways to kind of build it out. There's no wrong way, truthfully. I mean, the biggest mistake you can make there is, is getting a group together that either doesn't align on the same, you know, goals or that isn't committed. The commitment's really key with any of these. But yeah, it's really simple to start. You just have to be willing to raise your hand. Absolutely. I think that's a really beautiful thing to share also, like just being willing to raise your hand, because I think that so many people are kind of living in the fear of rejection or fear of failure, even in this context. And so I think just sharing that encouragement is amazing. Rejection, you know, fear of rejection is, I think, one of the most human experiences we can go through because it's rare for me to meet somebody who isn't somehow averse to being rejected. You know, like there are some people that love it. I mean, there's like, there. no, I'm serious. Actually, there was this really interesting YouTuber who I believe like did some kind of series, like a hundred days of rejection or something. We'll have to find what I'm talking about for the show notes, but basically where this person went out and just started trying to get rejected. So it starts by little things. Like you go to the coffee shop and they say, it's $5 for your coffee. And you say, can I just pay a dollar? And they say, no. And working your way up to larger rejections. But the thought being that being told no enough times reduces the pain of it. You, you don't fear it as much when you realize that it's not such a terrible thing. But we build it up to be that way in our heads. And I think, again, it's all the more reason to push for this mindset of abundance, this mindset that there is enough for you, that, you know, truthfully, there's enough for everybody and not to feel so afraid and not to make decisions because of your fear, because of, you know, whether it's fear of rejection or fear of failure or fear of looking like an idiot on the internet. Um, I've actually been rejected many, 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 many times. I've been uninvited. I've been like not included in so many different opportunities. I have failed. I've created businesses that have failed. I've launched initiatives that have failed. I have created products that few people bought. I have done all those things. And I can tell you, you know, that I learned so much more from those experiences than I do from the ones that you might know about me, the ones that you hear in my bio or when Laylee introduces me. Those successes aren't what actually make me me. It's all the failures. And I think that the failures also enable all of us to be more, more connected in community because they open us up to understand what other people are going through. You know, it, it really makes us more empathetic as humans when we stumble or we aren't included because we know what it feels like. And so we don't want to, to subject anyone else to that. And not only that, but we understand maybe a sliver of what someone else could be going through. And just even by having that sliver, even if it's not the full extent uh, of what another person is enduring, we can open the gates to empathy, right? And we can, we can start to, to understand ways to support that person, or at least the importance of opening our ears to what they're going through and to listening. I think empathy is one of the most underrated facets of creating a community. And I think that a lot of times we, if we are highly empathetic, we believe that everybody else could relate to us. But I kind of want to dive into what you touched on with how you still could feel excluded now, because I think so many yeah. people knew you as, or people even, not just you in particular, but anybody in your position of 
okay, well, I've got a lot of Instagram followers because you do, you have a really strong following. Um, or, you know, I've quote unquote succeeded. So clearly every door is open to me, but mm-hmm. do you still feel like there are times when you might not always be invited to sit at the table, quote unquote, or, you know, do you feel like a lot of times other people that you might expect to have that empathetic perspective kind of lack that when interacting with you? Like, how does that look for you so that those who are listening can kind of put themselves in your shoes, I guess? Oh, I mean, yes. The answer is yes. I mean, Laylee knows that I, I call her, I called her two weeks ago to talk about feeling excluded from something and how it made me feel. I'm human. And I think the biggest lesson out of all of it, whether it's something I apply for that I don't receive, which happens frequently, whether it's, you know, I see other creatives getting together and I think, gosh, I really would have liked to be invited to that happens all the time. A conference that I've always dreamed of being a part of that, you know, I don't get invited to, or I don't have an application for speaking accepted happens all the time. I mean, frankly, it probably happens more than I get accepted. If I'm being really honest, I'm not afraid to pitch myself for podcasts or, you know, try to speak at a conference or try to attend this or try to attend that. And it doesn't always work out. Or sometimes people don't always think to ask, right? Here's the beautiful thing though. It gets easier. It doesn't, you know, stop happening doesn't matter whether you are on top of your game in life or whether you're just starting out. The feeling of being excluded, the actual act of being excluded will continue, unfortunately. I think that often, again, it's unintentional. I don't think someone is sitting out there when it comes to my personal situation saying, no, no, no. Everyone else is invited, but Natalie, she can't be a part of this. You know, although let's be honest, when we are excluded or we see something happening and we're having that FOMO, right? The FOMO is so real in our heads. The lie that we tell ourselves is that there's a group of people that feel that way or that feels, feel like we shouldn't be there. We don't belong. When we, we can rationally step back and say, that is not true. And frankly, if there is a group of people that don't want you to be there, you know what? You don't want to be there. You want to run as far away from that group as possible. Don't try to shove yourself into a group where they're not welcoming and inclusive and accepting of you. I mean, truthfully, like I believe build a, build a better table straight and, and look at that and say, you know what? They're missing out on me. They're missing out on you. If they don't see the value in having you able, do not let that stop you from understanding that you are inherently worthy and valuable, that you are incredible, and it's their loss. Because that lie can get so big sometimes in our heads where we say, oh, I'm not enough. I clearly am not cool enough to sit there. I'm sorry, but that's just not true. And so I don't want anyone who's listening to this who might have ever had that thought. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. But if anyone else has had that thought, you know, to, to kind of speak out loud the truth and say, you know, I am valuable. I have fantastic ideas. I'm a fun person, especially when you get a margarita in me. And I think that, you know, I would be great to hang out with, or I would be fantastic to speak at that event, or I have so much knowledge to give to this podcast. If this isn't the right time, that's their loss. I'm not going to let that stop me from building my own table or pitching to another podcast or applying to speak at another conference or asking to be a, a coffee date buddy with a different creative. You need to remember that someone else's rejection is not a statement on your worthiness. It's not a statement on your value. It's, it's simply that somebody saying no and not to let that, that 
kind of keep you from, from moving forward? Because I, I fear sometimes it might keep people from moving forward. And as a community builder, I always believe that one of the greatest losses to our industry at any given time is truthfully the people that have incredible ideas and amazing talent, but don't step forward to share it with the world or don't step forward to push through whatever they're enduring to be resilient and to know their value. Because I do believe so many dreams are stopped before they've even started and so many great businesses are halted before they've even reached what they truly could have become out of a lot of these fears and out of, you know, honestly, a lot of rejection and a lot of fear of failure. And so... I hope that's a little bit of encouragement to anybody listening. I think that's some beautiful advice right there. I would definitely second all of it. As we kind of wrap up, which I feel like we took a couple different tangents that I really would love to just like have you come back and expand on at some point. Let's do it. Yeah. But I would love to hear if you have kind of an unpopular opinion. That's our thing here. If you have any unpopular opinions on, you know, cultivating a community of your own or uh, creating, I mean, we go back to the table, but creating that new table and building new relationships. Is there any kind of unpopular opinion you'd like to share? Ooh, yes. I know it's a hard one. <laughs> no, I'm going to be really honest here. If you look around at your table and everybody looks like you and everybody thinks like you and everybody has the same background that you do, you're at the wrong table. I think that it's maybe not so much an unpopular opinion as an uncomfortable one, but it is something that I have learned the hard way. And it is something that truthfully held me back from learning from some really extraordinary people early on in my career, because my table looked like me, thought like me, was in the same industry as me, and that table still hangs out together. And I'm, I'm saddened for all that table misses out on. Because if you look around your table, I hope that you see just such a wide array of different people and different opinions and different, you know, experiences. But if you don't, it's time to change your table. And, and I believe that with everything in my heart. Dang, girl. That is, you can't see me, but I'm like giving you all the praise hands. You know? <laughs> I, I really do think that there's so much to be said from the personal growth that comes from surrounding yourself with just different backgrounds and different opinions. And, you know, you don't learn without being challenged. Mm -hmm. And even if you disagree with somebody's ideologies or perspectives, being able to actually learn from them and being challenged from them could strengthen your own opinion or it could open you up to a whole nother opinion. So I really appreciate you sharing that because I think it is it might not be, like you said, an un, unpo- I mean, I think it is an unpopular opinion because it's not the norm, mm-hmm. I would say, from, from observing different kind of groups to invite somebody in who is very different than you. And so I think that that is such a worthwhile thing to share. So I really appreciate that. Anytime. I mean, you know, you're talking to the, the Christian girl who married an atheist who all of my friends come from all walks of life. You know, I... I truly believe in my heart that that is the truth, you know, that every single person on this earth is so incredibly valuable with so much to offer. And it would just be a shame if, if we didn't, all of us, challenge ourselves to really, really open our hearts to the possibilities of community. So Laylee, I, I appreciate you for having me on and for keeping it real with me. And this podcast is fantastic. I'm so excited for you and a huge fan of all that you do, but this one really takes the cake. So thank you for creating this for the world. 
Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. And thank you for taking the time to come chat with me and letting me record it because sometimes our chats are really <laughs> recording um, appropriate. So thank you for this. That was... No, I... <laughs> no, it's true. But see, listen, everyone, you need a community where you do have chats that aren't recording appropriate because I think that, that that's honesty, right? Like that's when I talk about the honesty. So I'm glad this one we did record and I, yeah. I hope somebody listening just... I don't know, that it sparks something in you to go out and to build your table. For show notes and resources mentioned on today's episode, head to so here's the thing podcast.com. And if you're enjoying the podcast, I'd love to read your review on iTunes. Thanks so much for listening and I'll catch you in the next episode.